Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Blood Center, Graysale Brewing, Providence Ballet Theater, New Bedford Festival Theater, Jane Adams Resource Corporation, Festival Ballet, Trinity Brewhouse, CIC Providence, and R1 Indoor Karting. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have singer-songwriter guitarist James McMurtry. We talk about songwriting and his newest album, The Horses and the Hounds. McMurtry will be at the Narrow Center for the Arts on March 24th. I was thinking about you crossing southern Alberta. Canola fields on a July day About the same chartreuse as that 69 bug You used to drive around San Jose You never knew where my old white Lincoln might take you Party on wheels with suicide doors Bring the kids and the dogs and your grandma too We always had room for more Till that white knuckle ride back from Santa Cruz Second best surfer on the central coast Had you wrapped up all the way back to Los Gatos And I could have cut his throat And it wasn't like we were an item to start with It had no basis in fact But the whiskey could push me to sudden extremes I don't want to think about that I don't want to think about that Take my hand On some part of me Keep me from drifting Far out to sea Or I'll be lost out there We all filtered away With the days getting shorter Seeking our place in the greater scheme Kids and careers and a vague sense of order And busting apart at the seams I heard you switched coast, moved in with your sister I doubt you'd have called it familial bliss We met up in Brooklyn before it went hipster You carried your keys in your fist Then away back corner of a crosstown bus We were hiding out under my hat Cashing in on a 30-year crush You can't be young and do that You can't be young and do that Take my hand, Marie Take a death grip on some part of me Keeping it from drifting Far out to sea or I'll be lost out Thinking about you crossing southern Alberta 
Canola fields at harvest time look like tumbleweeds all raked up into rows and brown rusty contour lines. There's not much moving on the romance radar. Not that I'm craving it all that much, but I still need to feel every once in a while the warmth of a smile and a touch. In a way back corner of a crosstown bus, we were hiding out under my hat. Cashing in on a 30-year crush. You can't be young and do that. 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 Take my hand, Marie. Take a death grip on some part of me. Keep me from drifting. It's John Fusick from Motif Magazine in Rhode Island. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? All right. So are you out on the road or are you back in Texas? I'm in Lockhart, Texas, where I live. You're heading out on a tour in a few days. Well, it's a fly-out solo tour. We're just going to fly to Baltimore, rent a car, drive around for a week and a half, me and the road manager. So. Oh, you're not going to have a band with you? No. Oh, okay. This is kind of funny, but uh, we actually did a gig together about, well, probably about 30 years ago. Wow, where? You were out on tour with Don Dixon, Jules Shear, and... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Who was the other one? It was Don Dixon, Jules Shear, oh, and uh, Marshall Crenshaw. Yeah, and David Halley was on that as well. Yeah, and you were doing this in the round show, and uh, we opened up for you. I was in a duo at the time, and we opened up for you in Providence. Was that upstairs place in Providence? Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was. Yeah, I think it was that. called the Campus Club at the time. The place was so many yeah. different places, I can't remember the name of it. I remember playing Club Babyhead opening for Marshall one time. Oh, uh, I played Club Babyhead too. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing we have in common is, too, we both played Kerrville. Oh, but that's how you kind of started out, was playing. You won uh, one of the new folk contests at Kerrville. Yeah, 86. Oh, it was 86? 80, 80, 87, I guess. Now, Rod yeah. was running running that still at that point, right? Oh, yeah. Rod Kennedy. Yeah, Rod. Yeah, I, I used to talk to Rod quite a bit when I'd see him at Folk Alliance. Tell me his race car yeah. days, stories. Hmm. And you must know Dallas then. Dallas Wayne. Uh, no, Dallas Allen sorry, yeah. from Kerrville. Uh, I don't. Oh, you don't know? No, I, I wasn't really in that scene very long. I, I was you know, I was in that new folk one year. I, I was back once to play. Like it was the sideman for Fred Kohler one time. I was not there again until or at the end of lockdown. It was our first our first gig, band gig after lockdown was Kerrville. Oh, well, she took over after Rod, and but then she oh, right. then a couple of years ago. So you must have missed, yeah, because she's not doing it now. She's been out for a couple of years now, but she was with Kerrville for she, well, she might have she might have booked that show. I don't remember. I just I didn't I, I didn't know anybody. I just showed up and played. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it seems like you were just in your early days when, when we played together back then. I think I saw you at Newport Folk Festival a couple of years after that as well. Yeah, I think I was on 
either before or after something landed. I think before, hopefully. Yeah, it's that goes back. Those were the days when folk was, you know, the singer songwriter time was was big. You know, there was a lot of there were a lot of rooms to play back then. Well, still quite a few. I don't think there are as many as they used to be. Don't you think that there there are fewer places to play than back in the nineties? Because in the nineties, it was. I mean, I was out playing almost every night all over the East Coast. I don't know. We still managed to get around the country, so. Well, you, there's enough of them enough of them to keep us busy yeah you've graduated to the to the bigger rooms that's probably why the smaller rooms are the ones that went out yeah uh, we're still i'm mostly in the 300 seat ring oh those are those yeah, are bigger right. rooms than the smaller folk the folk the old folky rooms were like hundred seaters tops they were small places yeah it's hard to profit on that you have to turn the house yeah it's true so you've got this new album out uh the horses and hounds yeah it's a it's a cool cd i, I like that song it okay. kind of um that song itself is kind of a narrative about somebody on the run i guess and their, their dealings with being on the run well i looked at it as uh, internal demons but you know the listener can make what they will of it internal demons yeah mm, that's just how i saw it but songs are, are, are as much about the listener as the writer i think well they usually i mean i know people in interpret songs their own ways all the time i mean people have interpreted. Well, they should <laughs> that, that, that's the beauty of the song mm. <laughs> unless they're very specific some songs are very specific and you can't really interpret them differently but yours yours have a narrative that kind of allows you to kind of there the, all of your songs on this album i mean this is all i really got a chance to listen to is the new album and they all seem like uh like they're little uh mini movies they're like you know, three to five minute movies, and you're the narrator of these these little stories that are going on. Yeah, or sometimes I mean, I'm a fiction writer, so sometimes the narrator is not me. Right. Yeah. And, so did yeah, you get? I don't, I don't, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. I was just wondering if this, you know, you you got this from your father because he, you know, his, him being a writer and all. I, I wonder if this is what your you inspired you to start writing was. You no, know, what what inspired me was Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson. Larry didn't write. Very ever and was adamant that he didn't have that but you but your storytelling it was so is christopherson and prine and, and cash True. you were in a band with john prine the buzzing cousins oh that was really a weekend it wasn't really a band what we were doing we were making we were doing a soundtrack for john mellencamp's movie uh, and we were mostly we were mostly singing on old mellencamp outtakes okay and um, you know stuff that didn't get on his records they were, he was using for a soundtrack and we did that one song Sweet Suzanne and somehow it got submitted for a CMA award and it won I think <laughs> vocal group or something oh that's cool so now we, we never played together as a band oh okay and he's he's kind of largely responsible for bringing you to notoriety he helped you out with your first album right John Cougar I mean John well, yeah, well he he produced my first record and got me a record deal right John I'm still I'm still of the age where I still I'm still stuck with the John Cougar in my head because that's when I mean you and I are the same we're base I'm a year older than you but we're basically the same age I still have that John Cougar thing in my head it's branded in my brain and I still come out with John Cougar even though he's been Mellencamp for so many years well, he started out Mellencamp he I don't know the Cougar was a, an invention of some manager and, and he ran with it I mean I still have that. I remember John Cougar being on the, the jukebox at a time when that was the only thing I would listen to <laughs> because I just I didn't get the Eurythmics at the time 
I do. I do now, but you know, back then it was kind of foreign, and, and you know, Mellencamp was was rock and roll, which is what I wanted to hear. Well, your music is kind of it kind of mirrors, uh, well, not mirrors, but it kind of it has that John Cougar, uh, John Mellencamp sound, a little bit of Springsteen, Steve Earle sound to it, with the you know they kind of stories, and it's got the rock kind of a rock feel to it. Well, yeah, man, John taught me how to make records, so kind of where I'm coming from, recording wise. Now a lot of your stuff, I mean. Uh, if it don't bleed it seems like that to me that was overall i got the acceptance of others through that that's what that's what that talked to me it was um the acceptance of others and then you had operation operation never mind yeah never mind. yeah that was um i, I like the thing about dropping the kids at the mall and then going playing the video game that line tells us where society's at, at this point well i mean for me it was a reaction to many years of, of not getting to see what's going on and it seemed like you know after vietnam everybody got guilty and <laughs> You know, Reagan pretty much did away with the First Amendment with regard to war coverage because there there was a time when he sent Marines into into Beirut, and that was the last time we saw actual independent coverage of any military action of ours because you know the news organizations were walking around with cameras interviewing servicemen at random, and they were interviewing. I remember seeing interviews with Marines who were saying, "Why are we here? You know, this is not our mission." At, at this point, this is before the barracks blew up. Mm-hmm. And they they've been losing gas to sniper fire largely because they're on low ground defending an airport surrounded by hostile people on high ground, and they weren't allowed to go out and take the high ground. So they're saying, you know, Marines are offensively trained. Why are we just sitting here getting shot at? And I'm sure the military brass didn't like that, and neither did Reagan. And then so then the, the, the barracks blew up, and two weeks later, we invaded Grenada. I don't know if there's a correlation, but, you know, there was very little coverage. Of, you know, the only two journalists who got onto the island of Grenada with U.S. forces were immediately detained and held aboard a U.S. aircraft carrier for the rest of the action. There was that, you know, that guy who's now with uh, with NPR, I can't remember his name, he, he got on he got on the island with uh, Grenadian civilians. And there, there was actual coverage of that war, but we didn't see it on TV, and we haven't since. You know, then, you know, Desert Storm, we had Schwarzkopf, you know, spoon-feeding us the war to a pool of journalists that got to see what, what military wanted them to see, and then never since then we've had embeds since then, but, you know, they're embedded with, with units. They're not going to rat on their units. They have a camaraderie with their unit, which they should. And I hear those guys are doing great journalism, but you got to dig for it. Well, these days, it's not it's not front and center. You know, back when we had four channels and we were seeing you know casualty reports on the six o'clock news. Now these days, you know, that, the journalism is barely journalism. It's more propaganda. It's yeah. it's, it's more like advertisement. It's more like you know. That's basically what that that song's about. You know, we'd rather watch SEAL Team or play Black Ops than, than actually have actual knowledge of what's going on. Well, yeah, that's what I say. It it make well some people just live in a bubble, and that's you know that's yeah. Some people choose to live in a bubble. They just they have no clue as to what's out there besides their own little bubble of their their everyday yeah, world. And then the, the rest of us are, are, are trained that way. They want us to be trained that way so we don't look. We got an operation going on and You don't have to trouble me and you 
The country boys will do the fighting Now that fighting's all a country boy can do We got a handle on it this time No one's gonna tell us we were wrong We won't let the cameras near the fighting That way we won't have another Vietnam No one knows Cause no one sees No one cares Cause no one knows No one knows Cause no one sees it on TV Checkpoint in the city Choking on the gravel dust and smog She knows not to stop the black suburban Those guys will run you down just like a dog The KBR man knows her trailer He hips her to some recon that he's found He'll be coming by for a late inspection Let us not be no soldier boy around No one knows Cause no one sees No one cares Cause no one knows No one knows Cause no one sees it on TV Lord, don't they look the best When we try to mount at halftime Or the seventh inning stretch They stand up in their uniforms And they help us sell the show Dying by their own hands For reasons we don't know TV. 
revolution going on It's kind of frustrating the way the news is these days anyway, because it's hard to find out what the actual truth is. You have to actually search for it, and it, it's hard to find sometimes. It's it's And it's frustrating because a lot of what yeah. I hear is just, it's not news. It's just, it's entertainment. It's, you know, yeah. not that I can't even watch local news anymore because it's, there's nothing that goes on in local news that's, it's it's news. It's just blah 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 nothingness. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's ratings. You know, even the way the the news is uh, is started now, they they just give the. It's like they read an outline of what they're going to talk about. As you know, like it's like stay tuned and listen about this stuff. And then when they get yeah. around to it, it's like three sentences and they move on. It's not you know they waste more time with commercials and talking about what's coming on after the news and the and the segments they're going to do on their other shows and yeah. it's it's not as uh, informative these days. So. No, no contact. I remember those days. It was it was real news, and they would talk about it. And now we just have propaganda, and people filling their heads with nonsense, and the whole Fox News bubble world, which drives me crazy. And I'm sure that drives you crazy as well. Yeah. And you live in Texas, so that must be kind of well. You live a little south of Austin, where it's a little bit more progressive, I think. Uh, Caldwell County is about half and half, I guess. Hmm. But uh, if you get south of Lockhart, you get into Trump world. Yeah, that, sure. must, that must be tough. I mean, I, I'm fortunate to live in New England where it's largely Democrat. I, I've seen I have seen Confederate flags flown off the backs of pickups in Maine. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see yeah. Maine. I can see Maine. It's it's frustrating the way this world is. What's your outlook on on the way of this country? Well, it's not just the country. I mean, globally, there's you know, whenever people get scared over lack of resources then that's when the fascist tendencies tend to reemerge. you know people look for safety in numbers so they look for for they look for their tribe and it's unfortunate because they really are not they're siding with the side that's truly against them too and that's that's the sad part about it is they they're really giving power to the people who will drive them down in in the long run that's always been the case it's, that's the basis of christianity true, you know true. suffer through this world because you get a better one in the next world that, that's how they keep revolts from happening that's another problem this it's basically the american taliban anyway on to a happier subject one of the things i mm -hmm. noticed about you is you went to the university of arizona i almost went there when i was going to college i, I was almost going to go there and uh that was down in tucson and i i remember i was staying with a friend out there in tucson and one of the things that i picked up wandering on the campus was they had a t-shirt which i thought was kind of interesting it said um said something it was about education something else and a great tan was the t-shirt that i got do you remember that shirt? no i do remember morris udall i don't remember that what was that he was running for president in 80, 82 i guess i remember a udall 82 sticker Oh, I don't remember that one. I yeah, said, so, well, there wasn't an election in 82. I don't know what he was running for. Maybe he was running for Senate. Yeah, he was still in the Senate. Right. That's what it was. So, yeah, I, I always wonder about Texas. I see all, you know, I see all the stuff that goes on in Texas, the, the power grid and the things that, I mean, we had a snowstorm today. We had a, you know, a pretty major snowstorm today. So you had something like that happen last year, didn't you, with it? The whole, the power grid was all whacked out. Uh, I, think, I, can't, I think it was, yeah, I guess it was last year. Yeah, we, we got a 
we had a bad snow. Yeah, so some plants went offline, and of course they didn't winterize the wind farms, which are not generally online anyway. They hadn't got the grid fixed up to, to get the wind power into the grid. But of course, being you know, being Texas, they blamed it all on the wind farms. Right, right. Well, they they're big. Uh, the problem with that whole thing is that they were privatized, privatized, privatized. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, a long time ago. But you know, I've seen wind farms that work perfectly good in in Nebraska, so it can be done. Right, right. So you you must have written some music about this kind of. I mean, besides the stuff that's on the you know the Horse and Hound album, you must have written some songs with your feelings on on the world. I write songs from the point of view of fictional characters, some of whom agree with me politically, and some of whom don't. Um, you know, I have to stick with the character. If I try to inject my own ideas into a song, I'm liable to break character and wreck the song. You know, my my first duty is to be a good songwriter. Where do you? What's your inspiration for the characters that you come up with? Uh, I hear a couple of lines and a melody in my head, and I think, who said that? And then I try to envision the character that might have said that, and sometimes I can work backwards to the story. You know, if I don't have to just keep the original verse and chorus structure going, I can get a song out of it. Now, on the song, What's the Matter? That sounds like, I mean, that sounds like a song that would be coming straight from you because you live on the road so much, but that's a character then. <laughs> Yeah, it did. It's not necessarily me. Anybody in my songs, I might, I might use real people, but uh, it'll be a composite generally. And that one kind of is, you know, decades of riding along, listening to cell phone conversations. Because you know, if you're married and you go out of town, the air conditioner is going to break. It just is, you know, or, or the refrigerator or something. And, and you know, if your spouse is having to watch your kids, then it's it's there's some pressure there. Now, what about the song Jackie? That that sounds, you know, that's a has a downer of an ending. She yeah, and, and the seed for the song I think was that downer. It was jackknifed on black ice. Nobody had used that rhyme before, and it was originally I didn't envision the the truck driver being female at, at the time. And I think what happened I was scrolling through. A, computer file and I found two sets of lyrics that fit the same meter and one of them was the equestrian woman Jackie and the other was a truck driver I thought well why not just morph them together then I'd have half a, half a song already you know when you're writing you, you just write down ideas all the time and then you you kind of uh, when you're writing a song you kind of thumb through the ideas and maybe assemble some of them yeah yeah i did that until i lost my laptop and didn't have it in the cloud <laughs> so oh. yeah, now i'm just writing from memory i'm still in the spiral notebook stage of life i scribble a lot on spiral notebook and scraps of tape no don't lose them <laughs> it's a very chaotic process so you're going to be playing at the narrows on uh, march 24th what can folks expect from you at that show uh, a six string and a 12 string maybe an eight string baritone if i can figure out how to get that on an airplane i don't know that might be fun. What's what albums? You have thirteen albums total. A couple of them are live albums. What what's? I mean, you're going to be playing heavy from the horse and the hound, and no, I play off all the records. I use whatever works in a set. It's it's about set flow. And you know, as I said, like nowadays we make records to promote tourists rather than the other way around. Because you're playing by yourself, are your sets loose? Do you just kind of sit up there and play what you want, or no? I I have a fairly well practiced set list, and when I get tired of it, I, I read adjusted okay so you're playing the same show from night to night mostly okay there might there'll be, there'll be a couple of song variation sometimes i'll wing it but you gotta be careful with that why is that because some songs won't follow another True. and you can find out you find out the hard way when you screw up i tend to when i tend to do things i don't 
I just make a list of songs and I just kind of look at them and I play off the crowd when I'm playing. I just kind of go by the feel of the show. I don't think I've ever Yeah, if you're really on top of it, you can do that. I don't know. I mean, that's why I don't do requests generally. You know, David Bromberg had a great line about that. He said, yeah, you guys know what you want to hear, but you don't know anything about laying out a set, do you? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you do have to plan it, but sometimes, I mean, when I was in a duo, I would plan it. When I'm playing with my band, we plan it, but whenever I play by myself, I usually just go kind of wing it. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah, I mean, everything works differently for different people. I know people who play different sets every night. They never play the same set twice. They don't even play the same songs two nights in a row. Well, if you get bored with it, you got to change it, so... Some people get bored quicker than I do. That's true. Well, I know you have another interview coming up after this one and you have to go. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Hope you have a great show. And hopefully we'll cross paths again and maybe do a show together sometime again. But not in 30 years. All right. Well, thank you very much and uh, good luck on your tour. Thank you. Looking back down the road from a little ways out I never had a fear and I never had a doubt If I'd had a lick of sense I'd have figured that out pretty fast But I wasn't any smarter than the average kid Somebody might have noticed but I never did I never saw the future fading right into the past Talking to the wallpaper, wandering the halls I burned a lot of bridges and I dropped a lot of balls It's a wonder I can never go back to any place I've been But I wouldn't get down on my knees on a bed I'm near enough to Jesus as I ever want to get Seeking salvation in part of my general plan Save your prayers for yourself Raise my glass to your health I don't mind if you don't look like me I can share my bread and wine I come from another time And it don't matter all that much If it don't bleed If it don't bleed Now it's all I can do just to get out of bed There's more in the mirror than there is up ahead A smile and a nod like I heard what you said every time So run another rack, pour another shot You don't get it back, so give it all you got While you still got a more or less functional body and mind Save your prayers for yourself Raise my glass to your health I don't mind if you don't look like me Share my bread and wine I come from another time And it don't matter all that much If it don't bleed If it don't bleed my calls and opened my mail I paid my taxes and I stayed out of jail You stay in the game when you're too broke to fail That's a fact Talking to the wallpaper, sleeping in the halls Bones get brittle so you better not fall You slow to a crawl and time gets to ball in the jack Run you right off the track Save your prayers for yourself Raise my glass 
Okie dokie, thanks to James McMurtry for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. McMurtry will be performing solo at the Narrow Center for the Arts on March 24th. For more, stroll through the canola fields to narrowcenter.org. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, the Rhode Island Blood Center, Graysale Brewing, Providence Ballet Theater, New Bedford Festival Theater, Jane Addams Resource Corporation, Festival Ballet, Trinity Brewhouse, CIC Providence, and R1 Indoor Karting. Thanks for listening. Thank you.